0: Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, The Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening.
1: Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with The Watchmen, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence through our contact page at Warren-USA.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parler, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, Linktree, and you can also down, listen and download our shows by going to Warren-USA.com and DanaGlenSmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers: Blueberry, iHeartRadio iTunes player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warn Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, PodChaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on Warren-USA.com and DanaGlenSmith.com. Do not miss this post, Christianity in America, Persuasion, Purpose, and Patience. Christianity in America faces extinction and is daily subject to the the direct immoral persuasions and platitudes of those in society who directly offend the Lord God with their immoral ways. Do not miss this post. Christian Discernment, Frog's Folly and Truth. There is no doubt today society is lawless, but years ago there were voices who warned of these days. Do not miss this post, Thomas Jefferson's In the Course of Human Events. Thomas Jefferson's In the Course of Human Events reminds Americans today of the great hand in forging this nation— in the beginning, God in this nation brought many different people. And The latest posts on WARN-USA.com are, do not miss this post, End of Days Advocacy Gospel News Classic WARN Radio. Classic WARN Radio episode of End of Days Advocacy News follows the Christian Church worldwide Here we see the ongoing persecution around the world. And do not miss this post. Evangelism Challenges Gospel Classic Warren Radio Evangelism Challenges Gospel Classic Warren Radio greets these perilous times as nations once formerly closed to the gospel have found the gospel. Do not miss this post. Eyes of Understanding, Redemptive Inheritance of the Saints, Part 4, on Sound the Shofar. Eyes of Understanding is that point where once the darkness shielded your will and mind for comprehending what is before you. Here those in darkness uh, do not know our God and Father, nor His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And be sure to pick up your copy of The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. The Rising details a takeover of America. And the nation is at risk. There's danger and intrigue, and dark forces are plotting to bring this country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren radio newsletter by going to dana.glynsmith.com, where you can visit our Christian books and resource shop. And we feature the rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. Dana. How are you doing tonight?
0: Doing good. Here we are.
1: Yes, we are. Thank God. We're still uh, able to get on and we're still free. Yeah. And to bring this gospel around the world.
0: Yep. I'll tell you, there's a lot of forces in America that's trying to stop everything and in the world. And when you look at everything that people are doing... You know, you can see the, the, the forerunner, the mark of the beast. You can see the lawlessness. You can see many, many avenues. But the Lord said that this gospel must be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. And that's all there is to it. No matter what men may plot, the gospel's going to go forward, and that's what, what we do. So at any rate, up front, we're going to talk about Thomas Jefferson. It's an article <coughs> that uh, actually has been around for a while, It's, it, and I keep it around because it is so important. And it's an American reminder. Thomas Jefferson's in the course of human events. And uh, we go through a few things about Jefferson. In the course of human events, and I I would say it reminds Americans today. I mean, mainly. You know, Tower, we're talking about America. Yes. Yes. Because Thomas Jefferson was greatly involved in this struggle to bring in a new way of ruling.
1: That's right.
0: And they had Marxism back then. They had Islam back then. You know. And they had... They had democracies. They had the parliamentarian of uh, the EU. I mean of... uh, Great Britain.
1: Yeah, Great Britain.
0: They had, you know, despots and kings. They had it all. And yet they did this where people were free. And so it reminds us that in the beginning there were those people, Americans that had a great hand in forging this nation. And it was forged for a purpose by the purpose of God. Now see, today, people don't want you to say that because we've become another nation. It's not America. It is another America altogether. And they want to remove every vestige. Uh, They also want to remove... uh, uh, You know, we have... uh, one major college that has made it to where white students can't go to a certain place
1: yeah that is so wrong
0: and we're we're seeing more and more of this reflected as anger against the whites and they're angry that we have an america under god they hate that they hate the fact that we want to protect babies instead of murder them. Make no mistake, the whole issue with the Democrats and Biden and a lot of these people is they don't care about any other thing than to kill babies. I mean, that, that's really what some of them, that's their purpose. They want to kill babies. That's right. That's abortion. tragic. And so we've got a big struggle here in America. And because of the sin we have here, and the refusal to repent, and the fact that we have kicked out Christianity a long time ago out of our schools, and, uh, you know, the church became rich and in need of nothing, and uh, so we have ongoing hedonism, immorality, hate, division, and dispute, and that, and, and more. And that's riddled our culture. And uh, But the thing that he reminds us, Thomas Jefferson, in the course of human events, it may become necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands that have connected them with one another. That means... Overthrowing those who don't want to go along with the way this country is. And as Jefferson was asked, do we have a nation? He said, you have a republic if you can keep it. And so these are some, just a couple of principles that you find and this article is an important reminder, an American reminder. Go on over to GlenSmith.com, warn-usa.com, and uh, you'll be able to find it there. Well, I, I thought it was on Dana Glenn Smith, but it's only on warn-usa.com. Okay. So go on over to warn-usa.com. I wanted to check that because this is one of the first posts we put on um, warn-usa.com a long time ago. And I've had it around ever since. And uh, I republish it. So check it out. It'll have the signers of the declaration. It'll have the preamble. It'll have a number of other things in it but it's just meant to remind you what America is. And you know, this is sad when you think about it.
1: Yes, it is.
0: It's sad when you think how far we've fallen.
1: Oh, I know. It's it's very disturbing.
0: So at any rate, we're going to move on from Jefferson and we're in... Bangladesh and uh,
1: we haven't talked about Bangladesh for a while
0: well yeah it's been a while yeah and uh, this is via open doors and I might before we go into this do a little advertisement here because uh, we have a lot of of these ministries that send us information all the time and open doors USA and international christian concern at persecution.org both of those have reported that they have long lists you know they they have a, a bunch of believers that are starving in various places of the world. And uh, these organizations, um, and and also Samaritan's Purse is still in Ukraine. And they're going to be there in the wintertime because the food is running out. And even though uh, the war may continue in Ukraine, Samaritan's Purse still has people there. And so... We're talking about believers that are in various situations globally that are going to be facing terrible times when it comes to food and eating and taking care of their families. And at the same time, they have people that want to kill them. They want to burn their villages. They want to burn their churches. They want to kill them. Um, And we report on this all the time. So as Christians in America, I hate to tell you this, our needs that we have here are nothing compared to those brethren overseas. And uh, we need to be able to help support them. Now, I don't want you sending me money for this. I would like you, if you feel led, to go to Open Doors, USA, or International Christian Concern, and I'm sure Barnabas Aid, Samaritan's Purse, all of these are doing the same thing. But, the, but specifically, International Christian Concern and Open Doors um, had a request to be able to have people help them purchase food for all these people. So, if you feel inclined to help feed the brethren overseas during a very tough time in the world, go to Open Doors USA, International Christian Concern. There's also SamaritansPurse.org, and there's also Barnabas uh, Aid. There's also Barnabas. Uh, I think it's Aid USA, but anyway, you just do Barnabas Aid, and you'll find them. So, check those out. And feel that of the Lord. And it's between you and the Lord what you do. But pray for them and help them financially if you can. We need to make sure we get money going to help the believers. Now, Bangladesh. The biggest thing here is that if you're a believer in America and Sunday comes around for most Christians... Uh, they have a church to go to. And they might even make it Wednesday night. That was the the normal time for people to go to church. A lot of them just have one service on a Sunday. Some of them have services on Saturday. That, that's the Sabbath. That's really the Sabbath Friday night to Saturday night. And depending on where you are, who you are, you try to get together with believers. Well, the problem you have is if you lived in this village that we're discussing and they burned your church, in the village itself there's only one church. So what do you do? Now, see, a lot of them, that's where they gather. Most of them, they're poor. You know, they can't get with others. They encourage one another. You know, and they probably don't have smartphones, and they don't have telephones. They don't have nothing. In the southeastern part of Bangladesh there are Buddhists as well as Christians and the Christians in this area are often mistreated. About 10 p.m. one night the local church was alight with flames But 30 minutes before it began, believers saw Buddhists loitering outside the church. Now, that would have been the first clue for me if I would have seen it. Right. But I live in America, you know, Tower?
1: That's right.
0: And so you see someone screwing around you, your church, you call the police. You know, and you and you stop them. You find out who it is. You stop them. But the problem with being overseas, they don't get lawful treatment under the law. So sometime during the night, their church was burned to the ground. So when they came there, every Bible, chair, hymn book, and pulpit was nothing but ashes.
1: That's horrible.
0: And it was built on the outskirts of town because that's where the Buddhists in the community wanted it. They thought any church in their village should be out of sight and out of mind. Apparently they thought that they needed to get rid of it. And see, because it wasn't in town, the people that burned it had to go out of the way to burn it. You know, they had to go physically on the edge of town and find it and burn it. It's not like you were walking around inside of the village and threw a match as you went by.
1: And it wasn't really, since it was out of sight, it should have been out of mind with them.
0: Yeah. And so, and and this is something that a lot of believers have to learn. So believers are discouraged there. Their church, where they gathered for support and fellowship, is destroyed. They've been shunned from their village. The authorities won't help them. And so this open doors is an opportunity for them to figure out how to help the church. Do we build another church and have them build it? Do we relocate them? You know, this is the problem you have overseas. And in America, you know, the difference is night and day tower.
1: It is, it is.
0: In America, you burn a church down, you got plenty more. But I... I'll tell you, there's a day coming when this country is going to change because we can't keep doing what we're doing here. That's right. And have them continue to tolerate Christianity. America, sad to say, will turn on Christianity.
1: That's right.
0: Paul the Apostle says it will.
1: And they have already in a lot of ways
0: yes they have he said that others other churches will as well there will be a time when they will reject the love of the truth second Thessalonians 2 so pray for this open doors outreach pray for the believers in this village And it's called the Chattagram Hill Tracks in the southeastern part of Bangladesh. Pray for them. And uh, these are Christians living among Buddhists. And, uh, you know, this is tough. You know, because most of the world, this is what what they believe. Because if you have a church, that's where you meet. You don't have a church, what do you do? And so for them, it's important to have that place. And uh, But the early church, during the time of persecution, they didn't have churches for the Gentiles. The only ones that really had churches were the Jews. And there were temples to many other kinds of goddesses, like it was in Ephesus, the goddess Diana. It was only after Christianity got more established and it wasn't really until America got established that we had a place for Jews and Gentiles and others to come. But we are not the same America as we were and we need to pray for these Bangladeshis, we need to support them with prayer and finances, and we need to understand, as the as the saying goes, "There but by the grace of God goes I." Amen. So pray for them. Are you ready?
1: Um, Yes. This story is Christian Idols in America. And as I read this article, it was kind of surprising what is considered an idol. I would have never thought that before. This story comes to us from CBN.com.
0: Let me interject. I, I had the same idea. Really? Yeah.
1: That you were surprised about the...
0: Yeah, what he came up with. Yeah. I, I look at those more like a fruits of the Spirit not working. Yeah. And then I see real idols. But yeah, me too. I, I can understand. These were pastors, and I can understand why they did that. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So in the book of Exodus, the Israelites impatiently waited for Moses as he spoke with God. And they began to worship a golden calf, which was their idol. And while today's idols aren't as easily recognizable, they are just as dangerous and destructive as the carved images that distracted the God-followers of the Old Testament. And at the top of the list of idols, believers' struggle with today is comfort, 67%. According to new data released by LifeWay Research, which surveyed a thousand Protestant pastors in September of last year. And in total, the pastors surveyed for the study identified eight idols that distracted Christians from the Lord. And... Um, See, it's easy to think that those in Christian churches have chosen their God and are faithful to him. And Lifeway Research Director Scott McConnell said, however, pastors quickly acknowledge how divided their congruence, their congregation allegiances can be. These gods don't have a physical shine, but they compete for the hearts of Christians. And... um. The following close behind the believer's desire for comfort is the idolization of control of security, 56%. Money is 55%, approval 51%, success 49%, social influence 46%, political power 39%, and sex or romantic love is 32%. And um, I just found that really interesting, that these would be considered idols. And the younger pastors um, are more likely to see money as a rival object of worship. Pastors ages 18 to 44 are 63%, and 45 to 30. 54 years old, 58% are more likely to say that money is an idol in their church than pastors 65 and older. They're at 46%. And older pastors are less likely to identify any of these potential idols among their congregants. Pastors ages 55 to 64, it's 18%. And over 64, it's 19% are more likely to say none of these are idols in their churches than pastors 18 to 44, which is 9%, and 45 to 54 years of age is 10%. And these signs that younger pastors are of the mindset that idols are rampant today, whereas older pastors may be slower to classify one of these as having significant influence on their people, or they may define idols more narrowly. And comfort and security draw the hearts of most congregations, but they are often enabled by the pursuit of more money. Pastors of higher socioeconomic levels are quicker to recognize the influence of security and control, while pastors of low lower so, so, social, econ, socioeconomic levels more readily see the draw of comforts. I would have never considered most of those as well, idols but I can money of course I would but
0: well you know the thing of it is there are such a thing as idols and the children of Israel when they were jumping around that golden calf it was an idol Exactly. it wasn't because they were living in comfort and uh, I, I see those other things um, you know anything can be an idol You you could say You know, we can idolize our cars, our houses. Um, But when we really get in the world of idols, these definitely represent another god. I really look at this that you could classify it as they did, and I have no problem with it. But the big problem is it's more than an idol. It has to do with Christian commitment. It has to do with the fruits of the spirit and the lusts of the flesh. And this is more a lust of the flesh thing. And the fact that in America, of course, we have been comfortable. Uh, You know, we have had more blessings than any other nation, practically. And it hasn't been until this end of days type scenario. And Tower and I have been, we're going to be celebrating 25 years of this end time ministry. The first time we talked about what was coming to America was back in 1973. We have been talking about what was coming to America for a long time. And it is on the precursor now. And so when you look at it, we do have idols here. Am I worried about their comfort and their softness in their churches? I mean, you could say sitting on the seats of a pew. Is an idol. Because it's so comfortable. You could say anything that takes your heart away from the Lord. And of course. You know you have to deal with all of these issues. But uh, you know I I think the article in itself. That was CBN was it not? Yes. Okay. And uh, you know I can see why. Because you know as... An older minister, so to speak, and Tower, I'm not going to speak to her age, but we've been doing this for a long (laughs) while. And uh, when we look at idols, we look at real idols. And when we look at things that concern the heart and the commitment of Christian, that's the fruit of the spirit. And that's the lust of the flesh battling it out. I don't really see those at as idols. You know, an idol is an idol. You know, and when we talk about idols in the Old Testament, if you would study it, including with the children of Israel, and one thing Judah did was they passed their children through the fire to Baal. And, you know, a fiery sacrifice. And that was just one of the gods that they served. And they had written images on the inside of the temple to their various gods. Now, this is a true idol worship. But an idol worship, just because you may be living in comfort, that's more of a temptation to me than it is anything else. What do you think?
1: Um, That's true. I think that as well.
0: Well, at any rate, I think that's a good article to to get you thinking. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I have no problem with them classifying. They can do whatever they want to. Uh, There's other things that I'm interested in targeting. I ain't worried about the idols in America. There's tons of them.
1: And, And the basis that I think is the main point I take away from this article is all the things that takes your heart away from the Lord God.
0: Again, that's commitment. Yeah. You know, that's the fruits of the spirit. That's the lust of the flesh.
1: It's pride.
0: Yeah. it's a lot of stuff. Yes. So, uh, well, we're going to move on from Christian idols. And we're focusing again on Afghanistan. Because... uh, The yearly anniversary of the Taliban takeover, of course, you know, has been celebrated this month. And,
1: uh... Yeah, it's been one year.
0: Yeah. And when you look at the situation, you can say, well, it's typical because this is an extremist Islamic regime. The Taliban also has ISIS there, and they're kind of battling it out. But because of Joe Biden and the Democrats and their absolutely horrible exodus from Afghanistan, they left these extremist Islamic regimes with enough equipment and firepower to start World War III with the nations of Earth. Biden couldn't have given them a better gift than what he did. In addition to that is the air base that they left behind with everything, including the intel. They left everything, there. tower.
1: Oh, I know. I just couldn't believe that that took place. And
0: so for... Joe Biden to wander around and think he's doing fine is just because he is mentally not there. And the other sin in this whole thing is the fact that those who know better uh, are covering up for him so they can continue to run the place as they see fit. So if you ever wonder why they're getting all this done and doing what they're doing, they're doing it because there is an agenda to take over the United States. There's a coup d'etat going on, has been going on. I came out quite a while ago and said that. And it's not to overthrow Biden, but the Biden administration and those behind them are are pushing a coup d'etat to totally change America and remove it from the slate of democracy and republicanism, uh, that is, being a republic, uh, to one of a Marxist-type regime. Totally redo it. That's that's their goal. And that's what they're doing every day. So we'll see how this works out. So at any rate, so International Christian Concern has published a report, and uh, I do have a copy of that report. We're not going to cover it today. We may cover it next week. And it's the situational overview for Christian minorities, and they document the religious impact of religious freedom impact, and we already know what that is. I mean, it's terrible, Yes, <laughs> with the capital T. And uh, ICC's director of this uh, of advocacy said early on, the Taliban attempted to signal to the world how they have reformed. I remember that. Nothing could be further from the truth. The Taliban continue to persecute and oppress all who do not fall in line with their extremist interpretation of Sharia law. The world must maintain the pressure on the Taliban. And to be honest with you, the world won't. The UN won't. The UN doesn't have an army for it. And it doesn't have the will because the UN has tons of Muslim nations that are not worried about Afghanistan being in the hands of the Taliban. But the one thing of it is, is all the Afghan Christians are Muslim background believers. Now see, because they are, Sharia law penalized conversion away from Islam Most of the time, it's death. So if if these Christians get killed, these people don't really care. The law enforcement don't care.
1: That's
0: right. Because they are Christians and they should be Islamic. But you see, the big thing that they can't control is the fact that God is calling Muslims out who really want to know the true and the living God. And we've reported time and time again miraculous conversions from Muslims. And uh, w- there's also a ministry which we're very familiar with that is also throughout the East, And they're all former Muslims. And they all have, they do have a regular uh, Christian church denomination type thing set up. That's in many nations throughout the Middle East. It's scattered throughout there. And I just got another letter from them not too long ago, this week, this last week, uh, with a little report saying how they're doing. So we know that God works in this manner. So when we talk about Afghanistan again after a year, it is in the hands of the Taliban they have got uh, all the weapons they need and they're a fighting religion and uh, it's not going to take long for them to get the idea that they can actually wage a a bigger war that's what they do so at any rate, uh, pray for Afghanistan and the Christians there. And the report comes from org. Go over and take a look at them. Help them out financially if you can and prayerfully. You know, I think of all things, this is a bothersome.
1: Oh, it is. Because... Our government let them down.
0: They did. And there were women, and the women are the worst treated here. Yeah. There was a lot of women who, under the old system, when America was there, they had equal rights.
1: And they had jobs. They were judges. They were teachers, lawyers, and that's all been taken away from them.
0: Overnight, because of Joe Biden. And make no mistake, he's the one that did it. His administration did it. This is the worst screw-up from any administration in my lifetime, as far as I'm concerned. And so now, some of them were even protesting at the beginning, but then they started going after these women, and I don't know what happened to them. It couldn't have been good.
1: Oh, I'm sure not.
0: And so, this is not very good. And, they, and ICC reports that the situation is very fluid. It changes from day to day. So, you know, I mean, if you're a Muslim and like Sharia law, you won't have any problem. But if you're a Christian trying to live for Christ in Afghanistan, you, you have to be careful. That's right. Because your life isn't worth two cents to them. Two cents would probably be saying too much. Because these people wouldn't give you nothing.
1: That's right. They think they're going to get their reward in eternity.
0: Now, we're over in Kenya now, and this is an excruciatingly horrible report. And this was from Morning Star News. And uh, it's about Kenya. And about uh, a young man who was a Muslim and became a Christian convert. On July 26th, he was trying to flee to safety with his family because he had gotten saved putting his faith in Christ he was at an open-air event and his wife and children you know his family joined with him in his faith and so when he tried to flee to safety They took him, attacked him, and cut off both of his hands.
1: Oh, God, that's horrible.
0: You know, I can't even...
1: Dear God.
0: And so, uh, he attended church services for three weeks missed mosque Friday prayers. And uh, they said the pastor of this young man now received a message from the Muslims saying it has come to our attention, and I won't read the name, but this young man and the family are attending your church. This should stop immediately, Under otherwise your church is at risk. So the pastor arranged for the family to be housed with a local official. But the area Muslims discovered their location after two weeks. Oh, dear God. And the family was just getting ready to leave, and that's how come they... They found oh, him. It's
1: tragic. Oh, that's so horrible. They had gotten
0: nine miles out when poor Muslim extremists stopped them. And they began questioning this young man as the wife and kids watched. You thought that we should not get a hold of you. We have been tracking you from the house to here. Today is your last day to be live. Allah has given you into our hands. And the wife said they started beating my husband and they got a hold of me and tied me up. They forced me to sing Christian songs as I began chopping off my husband's hands. This is about as horrible as you can get. Oh, yes. And so it's really um the story talks about Kenya but the situation where he got caught was in Uganda on the border there
1: I don't know what to say that's just so horrifying I I I know It's so tragic, and I'm sorry, very sorry, heartbroken, that this happened to him. It's gut-wrenching.
0: It is. And uh, there's no way he can work unless he gets a help. And there again, I, I think of America and the lifestyle that... Christians in this country have had. You know, and it's been said before, there's two brands of Christianity. There's the one where it's hard to live your life, let alone staying alive long enough to enjoy it, Mm -hmm. like this young man. And then there's the one where you have nice big fancy churches And they never see a bit of trouble and persecution. And they have good jobs, good houses. They have everything life could wish. So if you're one of those Americans today and a Christian, I pray to God that you're hoping that you are paying your tithes and giving money to the persecuted church. Now I'm not asking you to give it to me. I'm asking you to give it to an organization, an aid agency that saves souls and tends to their needs and helps them like the ones I mentioned previously. And MorningstarNews.org has a lot of articles like this. They also have a page of Ad agencies, and you can find aid, it there.
1: Aid agencies.
0: Aid agencies, and uh, so just go to MorningstarNews.org and look for the resources, and you'll find it. Find aid agencies in those resources.
1: You know, Dana, this this story, as horrible as it is, is only one. Of yeah the hundreds that we don't hear about. That's right. It would just be... I don't know how you can take it, you know. I, I just... It's gut-wrenching to me to hear how the brothers and sisters around the world are being treated.
0: I know. It's terrible. I don't like it. I hate it. So as much as I hate what's going on in America and and the filth and everything. Yes. I've been warning for many, many years. And Tower's been right there. And it can't compare when you look at the brethren in Christ and their needs. And if you get tired of hearing us talk about that, you need to repent and change. So... We have got ten minutes, Tower. Can you do your thing?
1: Um, I believe so. Okay. Okay. So this story comes to us um, via Mission Network News Online or dot org. It's a Christian Aid mission, and it's from North Africa and this is an exciting story as a young man went to was um receiving vocational training in north africa he was depressed and angry he carried a lethal weapon and they call him ahmed but his name's been changed to protect him he was so heavy-hearted and sullen you could see it on his face the moment you looked at him and um He was intensely introverted. And when he first came to the vocational training at the suggestion of a friend who had benefited from it, Ahmed never spoke to anyone. And in time, he began to ask the trainers about their talk of God, his will, and his love for all people, according to the um, ministry leader. And during a time set aside for a spiritual message at the training one night, Ahmed heard preaching on forgiveness that led him, that led to him revealing that he was carrying a weapon. The local missionary delivering the message had said, God forgave your many sins. You have to forgive those who have wronged you. And Ahmed felt the Lord was speaking directly to him. And the young man got rid of his heaviness in his heart and it was pr- replaced with joy. He prayed, repented, cried, and told his sad story. Ahmed said he was carrying a weapon with him to kill his uncle after finishing the training and returning to his village. His uncle had hit his brother in the eyes until he bled, then locked him up to prevent him from going to the doctor. His brother lost both of his eyes, and he was going to take revenge on his uncle. And in this country, where the slightest whiff of disloyalty to Islam can bring swift persecution, local workers take great care to avoid attracting attention as they quietly form new disciples. And the Lord had brought him to the ministry's vocational training so he could learn about and feel his forgiveness. That's what Ahmed said. The Lord had brought him to the ministry. And he said, I was supposed to die, but Jesus Christ died instead for me on the cross. So I decided to forgive my uncle as Jesus forgave me, thanks to God and this ministry. And Ahmed learned haircutting and opened a barber shop in the village. And the young man got rid of his heaviness in his heart, and it was replaced with joy. And in Ahmed's country, undisclosed for security reasons, women and girls are commonly demeaned and abused. And lower-income parents often withdraw daughters from school at puberty to reduce contact with males. And when they reach adulthood, low literacy rates and discrimination make obtaining work difficult, trapping many women in abusive relationships, as many as 86% of married women in the country may face abuse by their husbands, and half of the young women reported physical abuse against them by either their brothers or fathers, according to the local media. And so we'll have part two of that story next week. But I, that's a disturbing percentage. 80%, 86%, as many as 86% of married women in the country face abuse by their husbands.
0: You know what 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 is neat. You know he felt when the preacher was preaching, he was preaching right to him. Yes. And that is key. It is. W- when you're in church, boy, and that preacher is anointed and and preaching, and you feel like he's talking to you, that's the spirit of God highlighting something. Uh, you know, that that's the way the Spirit of God works, and I just thank God that we have, and the Lord says, my spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. We are not in this battle alone. Amen. We are not serving dumb, dead idols. We serve the true and the living God and his son, Yahshua, who is he calls himself in Revelation chapter 1 the Almighty. So thank God.
1: Yes, amen. Yes, that is a good story. Yes, it is. I'm thankful that he gave into that. That God was calling him and he gave into that. He, he understood that God was calling him and he yeah. answered the call. Thank
0: God. Yep, and I'm glad he did. Me too. That's the way it works.
1: Yes, it is. And
0: they, you know, they know the cost. Americans don't really know the cost.
1: Nope, they don't.
0: But you get overseas, many of them know the cost. So, today...
1: And they still serve the Lord.
0: Pray for your brethren around the world. Find and support some ministry with boots on the ground. So we're going to have to, we've got a few few minutes in here so you can say your goodbyes. And okay.
1: Well, we're so thankful that you've all joined us tonight or whenever you do. We want you to know how much we deeply love you and appreciate you. And thank you for all that you do for the kingdom of God. Because it's coming so he is coming soon. And we ask that you would pray for your brethren around the world. Pray for us as we pray for you. And we always hope the best in Christ Jesus for you. Thank you. And we love you. Good night,
0: everybody. Don't forget to go by our website at warren-usa.com, Also, check out my new book, The Rising by Dana Glynn Smith. You can get this book at many, many places. But you go on over to warren-usa.com. We have some links right there that will take you to our various pages where you can learn more. You can go to danaglynsmith.com where we have a store set up and you can see the different versions. We also have the book page there with links to many, many other places worldwide where you can get it. That's The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. Get the book and read it and then send me a comment on the book. I look forward to your response. That is The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. And may he light your path as you walk in Christ. Till next time. This is The Watchman. Wishing you, praying for you, and blessing you. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio.